0: so excited to have my friend Tanya on with me Tanya how are you doing today (laughs) I'm well Paige how are you doing good good Tanya and I go way back was it last year I think maybe maybe two years yeah I I was just gonna say like it was more than a year ago but Mm -hmm. yeah we've been we've been working together as writers and all that good stuff and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast I'm so
1: excited to be here (laughs) so tell us a little bit about yourself So like you said, I am a writer. We met through Hope Writers. I think probably one of our first Hope Circles that we uh, we met and kind of been connected ever since. Um, So by day, I am an an IT um, director in project management, and my passion, my ministry is writing, uh, blogging, podcasting as well. I have a ministry called Faith-Filled Moms but so we have a mom's side in program every Tuesday night. So I just did my show last night and it was amazing. Um, and then also blogging me at my website, uh, tanyamayayvent.com. And I have a book that we'll talk about in a bit as well. And just, just moving along. I write for Guidepost Magazine yeah. as well. And I have a story coming out there this year. So You're doing awesome. all the things. I am. And I just, I'm loving it. I just feel like ministry and, and, and my, my goal is really my primary and target audience is just moms. But my my goal is just to minister and nurture to women, especially moms because moms and women are naturally nurturers. And just right. really, we're always nurturing and giving out. And sometimes we need our own soul nurtured. So mm. that's the ministry that yes. I want to really yes. focus on.
0: And if you're not watching the video, if you're just listening to the podcast, you look great, by oh, the way, you, you look glowing, like you are like on cloud nine with what you're working on. So I, um, I can't it. wait it's to dig into through. it a little bit more. It does. It's it does. Yes. So if, if you're just listening to this, go over to YouTube and watch watch <laughs> this and see the glow that Tanya is putting out. Um, so all those exciting things and we'll definitely be hitting on them, but let's talk about like, kind of like, I mean, I think it's like more boring, but like might be exciting to you is your it work. Yes. Tell us about that. How long have you been working in that? Um, how did you end
1: up there? All that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, so about 26 years now, wow. um, I just came and I probably stumbled upon it. I'm a math major. My degrees in math. And I flew out to a company in Virginia, Sprint, Sprint Communications. Remember the phone company? Sprint? Oh, yeah. They me out, trained me, and I've been kind of going ever since. And I always say I don't love what I do, which is why I love the ministry, because I'm passionate about the ministry. Right. But I'm also an analytical mind, and I love the mm. analytics of what I do with IT. Um, I love the challenge that I have. Uh, so I work with uh, many people, even in my job now, to out the world, India, Costa Rica, mm. Poland, um, my my one client was in Bacardi. I have a client; they are in Switzerland and uh, Spain. Wow. So I'm working with Europeans now that I've never had to interface with, and it's yeah, there's still ministry there. There's, it's interesting to be able to work with uh people from different cultures and things we are not used to in our everyday lives. So yeah. I'm growing and and I'm enjoying it. I really am. So.
0: That's a that's a long time too to work in the same field. I feel like nowadays that is kind of rare to find um in, in employees and you know regular white collar workers is is kind of a dedication to a field
1: yeah well I, I say it's paying my bills so it allows me to do ministry I have a daughter yeah. in college right now so that's important go. to be able to pay that tuition and all those yeah. so and another blessing about my job is I've been remote since I had my daughter. so she's 18 mm. now when I had yeah. her we were living in Maryland and my family is in New Jersey and I just, I would work from home a lot and have weekend work that I would be working in, in the midnight hour from my home in on computers. Like when Wi-Fi, you know, internet was, it right. wasn't even Wi-Fi, was just, it, was, it was plugged in internet right. back then. <laughs> and so I would do, I would work after hours at home for maintenance and things like that. I'm like, well, I can do this from anywhere. So I proposed, I don't even think tele, telecommuting was a thing then, Right. I, I proposed it. They said yes. And I would, I would move back to New Jersey and I would drive back. Every two weeks I drive to Maryland, but I've been a work at home, full-time mom (laughs) my whole career. So I always count that as a blessing that God allowed me to be able to still be here and raise my children. And even when they went to school, I can kind of come and go for school projects if someone's sick. That's been a blessing. So it's another reason why you said for so long, because it just fits and it just works. Yeah. With um, me being able to be like really hands on with the kids as well.
0: Yeah. So if you're working from home, thank the uh, the leader in that, Tanya. Uh... Leader <laughs> the <innovator> there. <laughs> <laughs> she made it happen. Um, but I also feel like the type of work that you do lends itself a little bit more to kind of the remote working than than other jobs.
1: I have been working with people for ten fifteen years that I've never met in person. <laughs> Never have met them, you know? Yeah. And so it, I'm not a t- totally social person. So if you need that interaction, that water, that water cooler, right. And, you know, conference room chat, I'm not that kind of person. So I'm literally in this office again for 18 years now, <laughs> I've yeah. been in this office, I've got a new desk and new things, but really it's just been me on the screen. Um, or one video, a lot of times it was more so phone conferencing. And just recently, since COVID, we're, we're kind of getting on screen more and getting, you know, behind from behind just the phone and on the camera. But it, it was just me on the phone for years, just yeah. talking to people and had no idea what they looked like. And I would come up with my mind, I wonder what they look like. I mean, you finally see a picture. <laughs> like, I didn't know I had no idea you looked like that. That's not your voice. So <laughs>
0: right. I think that happens, especially with like, with
1: uh fiction
0: writers whenever I'm Mm -hmm. reading a fiction book and I'm like in like envisioning the characters this is why I hate books to movie I should love them because it gets more people to read but I hate books to movie because you have this image of in your head of like what that character looks like and then you see that it It is such a letdown
1: (laughs) well I always (laughs) say I'm gonna read it first yeah and then I'll watch the movie so it's funny there's a show on, on Netflix night guard I think it's called okay um I think that's what it's called but it's like probably top 10 right now I'm, I I want to watch it so bad but I said oh it's a series nope okay. I'm gonna re- I, it's my summer reading I'm gonna read the series first and there then I'm go. gonna watch it because I don't want to ruin it <laughs> there you go there you go
0: and that's why I pride myself in reading a lot of non-fiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the majority of my library is non-fiction um so let's talk a little bit about kind of like what your day-to-day looks like and like how you move throughout the day managing being a mom and also this ministries that work that you are doing and writing and then also on top of that you know doing doing the corporate thing
1: yeah yeah so that and that's all kind of intertwined in my day so my day starts off obviously not obviously but with devotion you know time with god i really want to make sure I'm setting the tone for my day and then getting my family up and out the door. My husband is also an educator. So he follows the same schedule as uh, my kids did for school. Mm. So we'll get them out of the house, get their lunches and everything out the house. And then it's my time. And usually I use that quiet time to do writing. I My creativity and inspiration comes in the morning. Nighttime, you can forget yeah. about it, but that morning time. So I'll use, usually I have like a 90 minute block. Um, I've got to be online by nine. So I'll do ministry at um maybe 7 30 to 9 then yeah. literally log in at 9 o'clock I always have a <laughs> conference call so I'll start logging in and and doing that till about 5 five thirty. and most days I can I don't have to do a lot of overtime there are times with certain projects that I may, but right. for the most part I can get off and then I've got to go pick my daughter up from school And she may have sports. So what I tell you from the time that I wake up to the time I hit the pillow, I am doing something for someone else usually, or ministry. And so I think one of the things that I struggle with is finding that time and that self-care for me. Like you, I love to read, but I find that I'm not, I don't read as much as I want to, unless I'm on vacation and have that time. I don't have that daily cadence of reading. So I think that's one thing that I would um want to change and improve is just making taking out yeah. thirty minutes just for myself each day to to read for re- yeah. read for pleasure. I may read for ministry and things like that, but just reading right. for pure pleasure.
0: Yeah. And and that's where I save my fiction books for. I, yeah. I really love some uh, you know, just lighthearted stuff that you don't really have to pay attention to. Cause I get really intimidated when I'm listening when I'm reading fiction or my nonfiction. Cause I'm like I'm my notes. I'm taking I t- notes
1: too. Like, you can't. Yep. Yeah. Like, I'm a note taker.
0: I am a right. Like, I am an underliner. I'm like, ooh, I want to look that up for later. I get way too into it's work. it. And then it's it worse.
1: <laughs> it's it also. Still fun. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, after working from home for the last 18 plus years, what is your trick? Because a lot of people can't handle it.
1: Well, it comes with personality. So like I said, yeah. I think I have the personality for it, but discipline as well. And it's interesting. You'd think because I work from home, but my discipline is not taking breaks. I feel like I spend a lot of time in here, and I probably need to get up and and I probably would be a better housekeeper if I you know <laughs> maybe had a, a morning fifteen minutes where my break was probably, you know, putting on a load of clothes or right, getting the crockpot ready. And so I feel like that's one of the things that i, I I just feel like I'm into work all the time. And so yeah. you'd think my house would be much better kept. <laughs> it is much lived in yeah. because um, I'm sure my cousin comes home from work. Like, I don't understand. You're, you're here. You're all day. But I am. I'm truly, truly working because we yeah. have people across different time zones. Yeah. Um, but like I said, definitely it's, it's for me, it's discipline. It's there's things to complete. And I just, I am, I'm fulfilled with accomplishing tasks and completing tasks. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. yeah, and you also have the designated office space. Yes, I think that's huge. I think that, I mean, it it is a privilege to be able to have that if you have like the actual physical space to be able to do that. But I think one thing that people underestimated, especially like in the shutdown and with COVID and everything, is having that designated workspace helps not only with your like own productivity, but also your own discipline.
1: And not just a designated workspace, but workspace that you enjoy being in. Mm. I know for years, my desk, it was a um, like a corner desk and I'm facing the wall. Yeah. So about two years ago, I got this nice executive L size desk and I can I have gotcha. the window now. The window was always to my back. So now I can look out and see that there you go. I'm putting paintings and things and painting the yeah. wall. So Creating that ambiance that you really want to be in and that's, that's refreshing to you also helps yeah. if you're in a room that's dreary and you're not feeling it, that's going to impact you as yeah. well.
0: I'm in that season right now where like, we're moving a lot of stuff and like my office is a wreck and it is driving me mad because yes. like- I have now a uh, like a treadmill so I can walk while I work, mm-hmm. but also that takes up a lot of space and it is not cute in my office.
1: So I'm still figuring out how to make that <laughs> like happen. Make it your space. Yeah. Yeah. So for... you're spend a lot of time there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also I think it helps with the work-life balance in terms of like leaving things kind of out and behind and then transitioning into your out home time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it allows for you to kind of like take that mental break because for some people they have their commute to be able to do
1: that. Exactly. So and my commute you... is down the steps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also like having doors on your
1: mm-hmm. office. And locks. Yeah. And locks. <laughs> locks are good. <laughs> yeah. I
0: think doors are really underestimated too when it comes to like working from home. So my husband, he works from home, but he has his like the den which doesn't have any doors
1: yeah. open space and, and I keep telling carries.
0: too. voice carries and also just like it's it's again that physical reminder of like shut off mm-hmm. open up like that very physical reminder can help us in a lot of ways that we don't anticipate
1: yeah especially if you use the den for other purposes too yeah so it, it, it's not just that dedicated workspace you know when you go in it's just for work and then when I leave yeah. work is over
0: yeah. I think that was one thing I was like a habitual working from bed, at least when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. I would work mm-hmm. from bed, um, which is terrible. Don't tell people that. Uh, but literally would wake up, pull out my laptop, and just like work from bed, like like you you would when you're like sick or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also got to the point where um I had started doing a lot of research around like sleep. And like how your bedroom is only supposed to be supposed for to be sleep.
1: Just right. No TVs, anything. Which I, I read mm-hmm. too. Like just yeah,
0: for just for sleep. So like I try not to hang out in there. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just kind of want to lay down. We have a guest bedroom. If I'm just like during the day, I just want to be horizontal for a moment. I go into the guest bedroom and just like lay on the bed in there because I'm like I'm not sleeping. I want to sit on my phone, but I also want to be like in a reclined
1: position. Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: that's hilarious. So there's that. Um. So yeah. what does like your community involvement with like your church and your ministries and, and all of that look like for you?
1: So I have been in children's ministry probably eight years now. Wow. And so that consisted of at least once a month that I'd, on a Sunday, I'd be uh, in children's ministry and our church has two services. So that would probably start like maybe 8.15 and go to about one o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon. Um, But I love that. I deal mostly with the parents checking in and out, not necessarily. I've been in the classroom probably for about four years now, Mm. Um, but still just that was one of the things that was really uh, the main ministry that I was in. But at the beginning of the year, my writing and my ministry was picking up so much. I knew I needed to take a sabbatical from that because that's Mm. part of ministry for me, but this ministry was just making it too much. And so I decided to really just take this year to focus on everything that I had going on and um, I can attend church when I need to, maybe just one service and not. Cause that was really my whole Sunday to have to right. serve. And then at, by the end of that, that serving period, you're tired and you want to rest and you, there's no creativity or anything yeah. for the rest of that day. So that's just a decision that I took to step away. So it's been yeah, uh, yeah about five months now. And
0: how's it been going?
1: I'm still busy. Like I still, <laughs> I'm still, you know, I, my, my plate is still full. So I feel like it was definitely, a a good decision. And I'm working on reducing stress levels and things like that. And I miss it. And I'll call, like, I'm going to be doing for Mother's Day, my daughter's going to praise dance. So I called and said, I'm available if someone wants to take off. So the director's like, well, I got to serve. And it's Mother's Day. I'm like, when you take off, I can step in and serve. So I will, but I'm I'm able to, but just the rigidity, rigidity of having to serve and be on the schedule. I kind of,
0: yeah. um, Do you feel like now that you've taken a step back is you said you're still busy. So is that busyness kind of, was it, was those empty places, those empty kind of time slots filled with new things? Or was it like your plate and you were overextending yourself? Does that make sense?
1: I, it does. I think more so overextending, but I think in the okay. that we're in, there's always work to do. <laughs> yeah. So like we said, I, I have a book out, so I've got to promote my book. Yes. I have a podcast, so I have guests that I have to edit their blogs and, and write the script for our show. You know, I make it special uh assignments for guidepost magazine and and that's usually like a three or four week window for that but then there's there's training um there's different things so there's to me there's always I have a list there's always something for me to do to improve my craft to get more information so which that's what it's just I just feel like there's never going to be I have to take and make the time because there's always going to be something to do
0: yeah yeah and I think that's too like a wisdom thing of like what what can I do and what should I do? That's good. Those are two very different things. Very And good. that's actually something I'm working on right now. Of like, I'm gonna hire an intern here, like for the summer, and I'm like, oh. I need them to run my social media. I do that professionally. If you're new to listening to this show, mm-hmm. I run social media accounts professionally.
1: You're the queen. You're the
0: queen. <laughs> <laughs> but also, can I do it? Yes. Should I be doing it? No. Like, I'll be at the gym. Cause I'm like trying to get my daily engagement going. I'll be at the gym on the treadmill working. Can't turn it off. My phone right? can't mm-hmm. turn it off. So I'm, I'm doing the should I do it? And the answer is no. And I outsource it. And I think when you make margin in your life, you've realized really how kind of like t- packed tightly. Yes. Your things are.
1: That's another question to ask yourself: Is this urgent or is it important? Or it could be both. Yeah. A lot of times urgency, it has to be done in a certain time. I can't, if I don't do this, what's going to be the cost of me not doing something can be very important, but I could get to it maybe next week or even next month. It's still important for me to do, but there's no urgency and criticality. So even as we take on tasks today, I'm wanting to, I need to book a hotel for a trip with my daughter in the summer. And I was going to stop what I'm doing to reach. I'm like, Tanya, you don't need to do this right now. You have time. It's important that you do it, but this isn't an urgent task focus on what's urgent.
0: And I think sometimes too, like, I, if if anyone out there or you have like anxiety brain mm. where like the task seems so much bigger than it actually is. Until you start it, right? Until it's, you it's start like, oh, it and you're like, oh, it's done.
1: Why did I wait so long?
0: Right. Why did I I'm that way it? about like getting my dogs groomed.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like
0: making an appointment to get my dogs groomed.
1: Make an appointment for anything. Just even doctor's yeah. appointment. I have, I have a to do to schedule a doctor's appointment for two weeks now. And it's just a matter yeah. of picking up the phone, dialing the number, and you can multitask yeah. while you're on hold. But yeah. just- I up, will yeah. say
0: like, <laughs> to give myself a little bit of an excuse, our dog groomers are a pain in the butt to book mm. with. Like mm-hmm. they never answer their phone. And if you leave a message, they don't call you back. <laughs> so like sometimes you have to- You're trying to them.
1: avoid that, that pain and the frustration then right? basically. Right, yeah. avoidance. I need to yeah. talk to
0: my therapist about that. <laughs> um but I I random question I'm just kind of curious um why did you decide to volunteer with ch- children's ministry
1: I just again because I think that my ministry is for parents and for mothers mm. it, I'm concerned with and I'm raising my own children so my own children yeah. had, were starting in the youth ministry as well And just really wanting to make sure that children have that strong foundation in the word of God. Yeah. Um, When I was young, we had Sunday school and then church and and I was in a very, grew up in a very religious family where I went to church Sunday morning, afternoon and evening. So Sunday all Mm -hmm. day was church. Monday night was choir rehearsal. Wednesday night was Bible study. And then Friday night, was just you know a service and if right. there's a revival it could be <laughs> you know through the weekend so I just re- always had a very strong biblical foundation um in the word of God and my children didn't and that's and we'll talk again we'll get into it but that's one yeah. of the reasons why I wrote the book as well because as I'm raising my children I'm like they don't have that foundation so I wanted to become involved in children's ministry to do my part to be able to teach young young children yeah how to understand the word of God and how to use it I can remember Listening to Bible, we did you know it was a tape that you put in the tape player and push play. You know those tape cassette yeah. tapes. I would listen for hours and hours to different Bible st- Bible stories about Elijah, about Daniel the lines, and Lyonson. and our kids are on phones watching video. Yeah. You know and they're not watching those kind of things. So a lot of those things were missing. So it was just, I think, near to my heart to be able to do my part to to teach yeah. to teach children what I do mm-hmm. and what I grew up learning. Yeah.
0: I love that. I was just curious because I I think that everyone kind of has their own, um, I don't know, own reasons for being in certain ministries. Like my friend, she's really, really passionate about like um, pregnant mothers, especially single pregnant Mm -hmm. mothers. Like Mm -hmm. that is like her her thing. Um, And so she's like actively like going and seeking stuff out. Whereas me, I'm like a pragmatist (laughs) and I'm like, I do social media. I will watch your social media feed during the live streams on the week.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's a little like I can just like check out a little bit and I don't have to, you know, be, be on all the time.
1: Case, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so you shared with me previously a story that I wanted you to share here uh-huh. about a work situation and your ability to kind of minister to people in your job and in your work that you do. So can you share that story?
1: Sure. And so like like I said, I grew up in the church, uh, but I did not freely share my faith at work. A lot of times we're, you know, it's separation, there's certain mm-hmm. things you don't talk about. So I just kind of really adhere to that and, and really wouldn't talk about um, my beliefs or my religion that much. And there was, I was promoted to a new job. I was a manager of project managers and there was, there was a team of all men. They were very senior. Um, SAP is the the application that we were, that I was going to be managing. And so there, when I tell you like heavyweights in the industry and here I am, their manager know very Mm. little about SAP and was just very um, timid about having to take on this assignment. So my first day of remote, so I'm I'm calling them on the phone to introduce myself. Right. So the one gentleman, Gil, who I called, he was on disability. His leave was starting that day, but I wanted mm-hmm. to still call him and introduce him and let him know that I would be his new manager. And so yeah. we had it. I called him and he's like, well, thanks you know, for the call, but I probably won't be coming back to work. I'm probably going to die. Literally what mm-hmm. he said to me. Um, this is my, I don't know if it was his second or third um occurrence of of cancer but he said he was starting chemotherapy that day and like literally he was probably going to die and I just felt something I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit but inside of me like no this does not have like don't say that over yourself this would that that have to be your future and Mm. so I asked him if I could pray with him right on the phone and I began to pray with him and I told him I said do you know God and I just I explained Jesus and how he died on the cross and that he was a healer and by that time, he's in tears. I led him to the Lord over the phone. Wow. Um, and as he was even going through, we just stayed in touch. And he got through that chemo and came back to work. And, and just, he kept saying, you with the big guy upstairs. That's what he always said. You know the big guy, you know the big guy. But just the fact that he got through that, I can remember he would call me back when he would get tested and give me his numbers and they're still low. And mm-hmm. then I would say a couple years later, he was diagnosed with an. I want to say that maybe leukemia or another type of cancer, maybe in his blood, and again, dismal prognosis. And right. I'm like, Gil, there's this is no no different. Like we're still,
0: yeah, believing
1: God for your healing. And this was a more intense um, treatment. He was he was traveling to Houston, which was like half a day's travel for him right. to go to a special treatment center. But I'm still praying for him. I'm still encouraging him throughout this whole time. He goes through that. And I think he has to be on the medication for the rest of his life. But right. I called him earlier and I'm like, we're going to be, um, I'm going to be telling our story. And I said, when was that? I couldn't remember exactly what it was. September yeah. 2014. So 10 wow. years, almost 10 years. Almost
0: 10 years ago. That
1: this gentleman thought that he would have been out of here.
0: In a few months and, or yes, weeks. Yeah. Yes.
1: And you, who knows? And I always say, who knows what would have happened if I had not shared my faith, if I had yeah. decided to be like I always was and not share that so yeah. we have a great relationship we've again we've never met in person so I told him <laughs> this September I'm coming to see you we're going to celebrate your 10 year yeah. you know that anniversary of us meeting mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate that but I'm just it's a great friendship we stay in touch Um, he just turned 70 he wow. just turned 70 in February and I just I love him. so Gil if you're watching I love you dude I, you <laughs> know I'm so glad <laughs> that you're still here with us and in our relationship but that was mm-hmm. also something that allowed me to be able to do this a couple of different times Um, another team member a different team now that I had I remember him calling me again I'm his manager I'm going to be out my grandmother is not doing well we're just all going to say goodbye to her mm. so I'm like again that feeling inside of me can I pray Dom can I pray for your grandmother and we prayed And I can he was literally on the phone crying on the other end after we prayed Um, and I want to say like four days later she was released from the hospital wow. I'm like what and so just these tangible, and and even when I'm praying, I'm praying and I'm believing, like, I'm strongly like, God, I know that you're a healer. Right. And so please allow this to be the way that I can minister and share salvation with yeah. my coworkers by, by you showing your hand in their life. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. You take a deep <laughs> breath after that.
1: I know, Cause I know. like.
0: More credit to you. You kind of skipped over some like big significant parts that I just want to highlight because oh. that was your first conversation with Gil.
1: Yes. And like I said, it, my heart's pounding. Like this. was so really crazy. having to get through your own fear. Like I had to work through the fear of what's this man going to say? How is he going to respond? Could he report me? You right. Know, could there be ramifications for that? um so I and someone just, just going on
0: leave too where that gets even touchier yeah. in terms of like legal HR yes. all that good stuff yeah
1: because really he's not supposed to be working really you probably shouldn't have been talking to to work anyway because you're officially right on short-term disability so there was so much in there but I yeah I just felt like I could not let that moment pass yeah it was, it was critical for me to be able to to speak life
0: yeah Gosh, that's such a good story, Tanya. And I think I think it's also like a really big encouragement too, because like in my mind, I go, one, I'm a woman. Two, I'm younger than them. Three, I'm a new manager. Four, it's my first day talking to All this person. Of All of Everything. These. Five, also the industry that you work in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you work in like the healthcare field where that like, I don't know, kind of emotional connection right. might be yes. more like yes. surface level as it where the dudes are like mm-hmm. kind of kind of in a box i would say is yeah. a way to describe some some it folks they're very kind of straight and narrow people um and you got yeah. a lot working against you but i think that's like such a powerful testament to god yes. and like what he's able to do
1: and what he's able to do with us if we would just step out on faith and move past that line of fear. Yeah. You know to be able and for me it was just a matter of like he's telling me he's going to die and that was not acceptable to me. I mm. know someone that's a healer and yeah. that power I want I could not keep it to myself. Yeah. Which is what I've been doing my whole career kind of just mm. keeping this amazing gift that I have in salvation and through Jesus Christ, I was keeping it to myself, and and there could have been conversations. If you're going out for you know meals or whatever afterwards, there were probably still social periods where I could have shared my faith, and I right. didn't. I just kind of kept that boundary. But yeah. for me, the, in that moment, I I just was I just wouldn't accept that that would be yeah. his future. Like yeah. I could do something about it. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to step in and, 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 and I know that I know someone who has power to heal you and I'm going to pray for you. And,
0: yeah. And do you feel like that, that was the pivot, pivot point for you in how you conduct yourself in the workplace?
1: It it made it easier. I wouldn't say a complete 180, <laughs> yeah, but turned right. also in that direction where again, so the next time an opportunity comes and I think I still in those situations, I still get the butterflies. I still get all fluttery. Like, right. are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? Or is this the Holy spirit really telling right. you to do this? But each time it, I think it gets easier mm-hmm. uh, being able, if, if, and it's usually again, if someone's sick, if there's something really dramatic or drastic and hopeless going on, I just, I definitely more freely share my faith. Um, there's, it's interesting. Some people we, we chat a lot on messenger and teams and things like right. that. And there's one friend that will put G D. She doesn't spell God out. It's it's G dash D or you know, some people yeah. are still kind of funny about that, but no, I'll say God, I'll say Jesus Christ. You know, i if yeah. I'm if we're talking in a social setting of that of that manner, I, I do I feel my boldness, it's 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 I'm not preaching. I'm not one of those you know, I'm not preaching, right, preaching but right. I feel like when the situation lends itself and someone is needing encouragement, they're in a the spot where they're needing encouragement. I, I just offer it because if I probably was face to face with them again in the water by the water killer ever out to lunch things like that right and you grow to have relationships with people you just want to be able to share the good news that you have um, yeah to help them in their lives
0: yeah and I think too like like you said that kind of practice of doing it every time because I feel like what I've what I might do in that situation is kind of discount the uh, intensity mm-hmm. and like the like miraculousness of that situation, which is why I wanted to call out like all those things that you had working against you. And I didn't think uh, of all
1: those. Right, you're right. Cause I didn't I didn't think of all those things that are really working and and converging together in that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I think like when when we do it once, it's like okay, like you know, it's it's at least for me, it's easy to kind of like blow it off and be like, it wasn't really that big of a deal. But then like the continued friendship that you have with Gil and, and the way that you've been able to minister to other people and see him through other obstacles. I think that is just like a really great indication of, of God's kind of character and consistency of character as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think about it, as you're saying it, as, and I'm thinking about different times that I've shared, the response always kind of confirms that it's, it's just, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for being concerned about me as a person, not just as a worker on the job, but you're really concerned about me. And so one of the reasons I would always say like, God, well, I want to do ministry full time, but he showed me what yeah. I'm doing is ministry because how many of us yeah. have had bosses that we hate and can't stand and we make it's miserable to go to work every day and so I've always wanted in my position that my my team is comfortable they're not anxious or have anxiety about coming to work anxious or having anxiety about telling me bad news Uh, I just I just always wanted to be that safe space where someone can breathe a sigh of relief at work of of having a boss that is not one of those (laughs) you know crazy bosses that makes work miserable so I'm able to minister to the people that I work with in that manner. Just just by by being nice and kind and, and just showing God's love in yeah. different ways that I'm able to.
0: Yeah. And and the reason why I asked about kind of like that pivot point is, is something that I've been kind of thinking a whole lot about recently. And we, we can talk after the fact. But um my husband, he's sick right now. Um and he's battling a lot of stuff and And I, we were driving in the car literally just to go like pick up a croissant from my favorite bakery today. We were driving in the car and I was just kind of thinking through all this, this, and, and one thing that sticks out to me when you're kind of in the middle of like what you would call like a storm or an obstacle or a valley, whatever you want to call it, is that it's not only for you. (laughs) Like the valley is not just about you in this situation, Absolutely. meaning like for, for your situation, like Gil's cancer was not just about him because it gave you the opportunity to grow in your faith in and give faith, exactly. you the blessing to be able to pray through him, through, it, through him. it for him and, yeah. and
1: for people following him as well. Right. Like and even when you mention it I get that feeling like are you going to pray Tanya so we're going to pray before we yeah. leave today as well because yeah. it's it's like those opportunities like yes he's yeah. he's shown it before.
0: Yeah.
1: And 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 I've shown who I am before so when you see someone in need absolutely his his, his word says um to approach my throne of grace boldly mm. so that you can receive mercy and grace in your time of need like yeah. he invites us to do that. Yeah. So how many times we know that we have a need or someone that we're meeting have a need and we can approach the throne of grace on their behalf. Yeah. Yeah. So just petition God for them.
0: Yeah. And I think one thing too, especially in our culture is I think why people are so receptive, but besides the fact that the Holy Spirit is moving in them in that moment, I think that like religion is seen as like a super private kind of like intimacy. Like, like I have my thing with Jesus and like, you know, it is private and intimate, but what you're doing by talking to other people is like, you're inviting them into it. It's like Mm -hmm. saying like, Oh, this is my home. People think like, okay, this is my house. And then you like open the door and be like, Nope, you're welcome to move in if you want. It's your home too, you know? And you're inviting them into that I don't know, like a secret of like that secret That's, relationship, but I guess. I, I like
1: that. But I'm thinking as you're talking even well, if you knew a renowned podiatrist, okay, yeah. say you, you know, you're very close and he traveled across the world, you know, addressing foot issues and you know, someone who was just diagnosed with a foot issue, would you tell them about your friend right. that you know can help them? Yeah. And so the same thing when we are, no matter what we're going through, again, the valleys, the hurdles, the mountains, whatever term we want to use, when we're going through those, we have someone yeah. who can help in those. So why would we not share and, and be able to give those in our lives hope, yeah. um, give them love and care and just all those things that a relationship with Jesus Christ brings. We have, we have something amazing to share. So why would we keep it with, for ourselves instead of sharing that with them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One thing I do want to hit on too is, um, kind of your role as a manager Mm -hmm. and like, like, how do you balance that? Cause we've had a few people on on this podcast that are like in a managerial kind of position, but I want to talk, like, it sounds like you like, you've had teams. Like I had, I had a a single (laughs) direct report, um, but you're out here leading teams on teams on teams. What has that been like? And
1: it's been interesting. And and it's even interesting now that I don't have a team now because they laid off all the U S So you'll know in it that happens frequently. Yeah. And so, and all these, these folks, I know Gil retired, but then some of the other folks that we had, they were laid off Mm. and having to even walk through that and say, I'm still Mm. praying for you. And if you need a referral, like still having to be there and minister to people that have lost their jobs, but, um, I've had to to manage us teams at one time i had a full team of of resources in india and so Mm -hmm. i had to learn about the indian culture i had to really be able to listen and be able to pick up their dialect and their language to make sure that i'm not always saying excuse me or what are you saying i wanted to make sure that i'm learning about their holidays so um yeah i've had and and mostly men very few women that i have managed because again this this is usually a very um, male heavily led industry so i've had to deal with men who maybe don't want to take instruction from a female as well, or mm. maybe have worked, uh, grown up in a certain atmosphere where women are not held in higher regard as, as right. men are. Um, so, so even all of those, but it's still been knowing who I am and being confident in who I am and just really understanding that I'm in this position for a plate for a purpose. And really, again, my goal in being a manager was just wanting to impact the lives of the people that I am, coming in contact with a lot of times people get nervous around their manager. I know even yeah. me sometimes you know you're a one-on-one or you're still kind of a little bit antsy and I just I don't want to have that kind of relationship it's just I'm a human being just like you I'm, I'm helping you succeed but you can come to me with anything and I don't want you to feel anxiety I want work to be a place that is enjoyable for you and not a place that that causes stress for you
0: yeah. And I think that is an underestimated position or, uh, you know, responsibility of a manager is to ease anxiety and worry because like, I mean, kind of the higher up you go, you know, with a team, kind of the more experience that that team has um, and how advanced positions are and all of that stuff. And so like likelihood is that they have had previous jobs with previous managers who might not have been the best.
1: I've had that experience myself and I know how it feels. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's driving me. I know how it feels. I remember I had one who sat next to me and every day happened to come in. It was just horrible. Mm. Having <laughs> to sit next to my, who would keep leaning over and looking at my screen. Yeah. It just, it was so uncomfortable every yeah. day having to be in that position. So I, yeah. I know what it's, what it's like have to come into work and that was before I was remote obviously (laughs) but uh, having to come into work and and really having just a a bad day almost every day just because of the fact the situation and environment that you're in
0: yeah I heard a story one time where this gal um her manager had like put on you know a a a virtual like video call with Mm -hmm. her for like two or three hours on her calendar And the manager just goes, oh, no, you just you just share your screen and I'm going to watch you work.
1: Oh, I was like,
0: oh, my gosh, like.
1: How terrible is that? Like how. That there's nothing to me beneficial that comes from that even when, when you are working, if, and if you're those that are that are um, working remote sometimes you've got to share your screen to present something and even me I'll get all fidgety typing I'm typing wrong I know how to type but I'll be typing errors <laughs> because people right. are looking at you people are watching you're not going to be your best no it's like going to the auto like shop
0: and be like here my car makes this noise when it starts and you turn it on and then it doesn't There's make the nothing, noise nothing you're like happens, right nothing happens but <laughs> yeah I think well I think just like good leadership I think leadership really focuses on right now is there you know there's servant leadership and and it's more around how do you serve kind of the team like how do you make the team kind of work together in the best capacity but i think there is this other element that's not talked about as much where it's like no 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 how do you serve the individual how do you serve that direct report of yours
1: and empower them how do you empower them yeah that's another how do you empower them tanya you give them freedom to utilize the gifts and talents and the knowledge that they have and trust Mm. them and give an assignment to trust not to micromanage that was i think Mm. as i transitioned because i was so hands-on and not being a micromanager and, and allowing people to have that freedom again because you're micromanaging you're making them nervous you're crouching over them you're questioning so giving them that freedom, and then that builds to me confidence in their mm-hmm. themselves and their abilities as well.
0: And I I think like too that that goes to even like at, at you and I as creatives. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but your brain is actually like at its best when it's at rest. Mm-hmm. That's why like when you like lay down at like at night, your brain starts to go a million miles an hour of like all these like cool ideas and business ideas and things you want to do and all of this stuff is because you're at rest. And mm-hmm. so I think like, you know, if, if your team is always having to be on, 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 guess what? Their, their product product that they turn out is not going to be as good. It's not,
1: it's not the best. It's not oh. optimal. It's
0: right. Not optimal that, yeah. that That's a good way of saying that. Cause we always get like in marketing, we go good, better, best,
1: Mm-hmm could be good, but be good, could it be right? the best? Exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. And I want to hear about this book. And I want you to yes. tell the audience about this book that you like have sprinkled yes. here and there.
1: Yeah, so this is my book that came out on my daughter's 18th birthday. It's mm-hmm. called Using God's Playbook for the Game of Life. That is the title. And yeah. the subtitle is 52 scriptures a young athlete should know before sending them off into the world. And again, mm-hmm. it ties into children's ministry and again, being a mom, uh, and and my daughter, my both of my daughters are athletes, and so this my oldest daughter, Kennedy, she got hurt um, to the point that she could not compete at the same level. She was never able to return to track and field, mm-hmm. and she was literally on the national level, just a, a, a talented athlete. Yeah, and so we went through a period of questioning God. She went through her own period mm-hmm. at fourteen years old losing her identity and and Mm -hmm. going through a period of depression and and suicide and it's interesting some Olympian just passed away Tori I think her name is yeah 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 I saw that Um, yeah so it we don't think about a lot of the pressure that athletes face but now even young athletes who are still developing their brains are still developing uh so it was just important for me that my daughter's going to be leaving me soon and she mm. she may come back she may not like who knows what happens after college of, of your job and things like right. that so i as parents we only have 17 18 years to mm. really build and and speak and and nurture into our children's lives and i felt like i needed to make sure that that both of my daughters and then children anyone who reads this has a strong foundation in the word of god so i wrote mm. this um, to, to make sure that I was just passing all of the biblical, not all, but enough of the biblical knowledge that I had, right. enough of, of there's, there's sections, who is God? Who's the Holy Spirit? Who mm-hmm. is Jesus? Who are you? Why were you created? Who's your enemy? What does the Bible say? What are the promises? I just wanted her to capture that. So it's 52 scriptures, one scripture a week,
0: mm-hmm. and there's
1: seven workouts. So each day there's a workout related to that scripture. Mm-hmm. You have to repeat that scripture as well when the goal is to know that scripture in your heart but just also know how to apply it and what it means in your life. So by the end of the year, you would have 52 new scriptures in your heart, being mm. able to use them. And as you're going into adulthood, you have that foundation that you would just carry on prayerfully for the rest of your life. So yeah, that's the book. Um, I love it's it. a, Thank you. It's just amazing. I'm, it's just been a blessing. And I, if you follow me on Instagram, and I'm at Tanya may event there each week, I go through, Um, I think we're on week 16 now, but I just kind of go through, each of those at a high level and talk yeah. about what each of those scriptures are and just yeah. kind of a snippet of how to use it, utilize it in oh, your life. So I
0: love it. it it's I actually really funny. I've like even though it's been a hot minute since we've talked last, I thought of you the other week because my cousin, um, she is an athletic director for the town where I grew up at, and she was like coming to me and she's like, Paige, kids don't. No sports anymore like having kids at like entry level you know they have like little uh, pop warner like football and mm-hmm. stuff like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: she's like they don't know what a football is and she goes when you go into the bookstore are there any books about sports like for kids like there's biographies of like mm-hmm. Sports stars and things like that, but and then she's like, "Do you know any?" And I was like, "I know one," and I was thinking of you. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I know of one of them." Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I was thinking of that, and and I want, I'm gonna give you like the pl- the stage a little bit here because I want you to talk about this because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. On this podcast, we talk a lot about identity and and the struggle of like being in the corporate world having that pressure to climb the ladder and then especially like you just talked about like having layoffs um where it can be hard because people put their identity in what they do that's right and you're talking about your daughter and you talk about it in your book of people having their identity in what they do and the sports that they play and not being able to kind of fulfill that anymore so Here's the floor, Tanya. Yes. What do you do with that?
1: So, and it's interesting. That's the section we're on. Literally, that's what I just <laughs> there we did go. recording on. Yes, it's it's who am I? And this week's scripture was, I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so mm. to, to that, I say, you were made specifically, each of us were made specifically, handcrafted by God. And, and that's another scripture in the book. Um, God, I might have to just pull it out. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. On week mm-hmm. seventeen, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment laid out before mm-hmm. a single day passed. like your whole life already is laid out. God knows exactly yeah. what's going to happen. We spend a lot of time worrying about what tomorrow's going to hold or next, and I'm talking to myself even now, yeah still we we do, but he knows yeah he already knows all of that. um we can't Anya, do you want to
0: hear a crazy thing what? I read that psalm last night.
1: Did you really?
0: <laughs> out loud to my husband and I before we went to bed. Psalm 139.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Before mm-hmm. we went to bed last night. That's
1: crazy. It is. But it's true. And and that's yeah. and that's where we start, just finding out who we are. There's no accidents. There's no mistakes. Um, And that was one of the things I talked about. We look in the mirror. We may not like what we see. We wish we looked a different way. But God created us. And when we don't like what we see, we're rejecting his creation. We're rejecting mm. his specific design and plan that he planned for us. So yeah. again, that comes as having a relationship with him and it, it makes all the difference of who we are. And, and it's not easy, but learning how to trust him, regardless of what happens, regardless of the diagnosis, regardless of the job loss, regardless of whatever those negative things happen, you can know that you trust and serve a good God mm. who has seen every day of your life, has planned it out. And he's in complete control. And if you trust, and if you can trust the nature of God and you can trust that he's good, you can trust that you can hold his hand as he walks you through whatever mm. it is you have to go through.
0: I want to end there, um, on I love it. It. but I, I, I loved that and, and everything that you said there and it is completely true. And I think that, you know, we just need that to, that to kind of sit on it's our a
1: reminder. Sometimes it's a reminder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I always say that sometimes you just need to hear it, maybe hear it a specific way. Like you might know it, but sometimes you just need to hear it too.
1: Yeah. Reminders. Yeah. yeah. We, Cause there's so much going on and sometimes we do, we just need to be reminded about those things and again so from the book it's a matter of it's deep in our mind somewhere and hopefully that seven days it's 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 deep i always think of the movie um is it inside out the disney movie where the long-term memory gets processed so when you read the book and you learn the scriptures it's in your mind somewhere yeah and it'll come out when it needs to just yeah. make sure that you know it and, and, and have it in your heart and it'll come out when we need to yeah. hear it. We'll, we'll be reminded sure. of it.
0: For sure. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Tanya. I want to close out with Thank one you. takeaway that our yeah. audience can do this week to help them grow their faith.
1: I always, always, always plug for this. If you think of your phone, you do not go to sleep. Most of us do not go to sleep any night without plugging in our phone to charge the battery, mm-hmm. right? We have to stay connected to that power of source. Our, our phone needs power we need power. And so when we wake up in the morning, I always say our power comes from that quiet time, devotional time with mm-hmm. God. So one tangible thing is to commit. If you've got to work up, wake up maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier, or set that time in your morning schedule in the quiet of the morning to connect to your power mm-hmm. source. Yeah. And that's, and for me, I use you version that Bible app on my phone yeah. and they have a wonderful scripture of the day. Um, someone comes and explains the scripture and it's a nice devotional. And there's prayer time that you can go to God with whatever is on your mind. It gives you a chance Mm. to meditate and just pray. So whatever you utilize, I would say daily in the morning, connect to your power source to give you power to be able to run throughout that day and handle anything that you need to handle, whether at work, home, whatever it is that you face, connect to the power to get you through your day.
0: I love that, Tanya. Thank you so much. Where can people find you?
1: Yes, yes. Tanya May Event. all, all social media, Facebook um, and Instagram are my main ones. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really tweet. Um, but my Ooh, website does. is event.com <laughs> as well.
0: Awesome. And we'll link all of this as well as your book in the show notes down below. Any Wonderful. any final thoughts,
1: Tanya? Thank you, Paige, for having <laughs> me. I appreciate yes. you. And just to be an encourager, again, I think what I, what I would ask anyone to leave with, You know someone who can help those that are around you. He can help Mm -hmm. you and those that are around you. So I would say just pray if you feel like you're not able to freely share your faith. If you have some fear or concern, the Bible says we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It Mm -hmm. is the power, again, power. It is Mm -hmm. the power unto salvation. The power that we need to live our lives, the powers that others need to be able to get through whatever they're facing is found in Jesus Christ. And that's it.
0: Thank you so much, Tanya. Absolutely. Thank you, Paige. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.